This podcast is brought to you by Media8. Welcome to the Two Cripples, One Pair of Legs podcast, where every fortnight, your hosts, Adam Shepard and Natasha Price, take a long, hard look at the world through the eyes of two people who believe in grabbing life by the balls and squeezing tighter than Borat in a mankini. The good, the bad, the often cringeworthy, but most importantly, the hilarity that can and often does ensue. If you're looking for fluffy sunshine and rainbows, My Little Pony meets Care Bears type of purity, you've probably come to the wrong place. If you're after good conversation, warped humour, quick wit, a touch of sarcasm, two proud people with disabilities with the no holes barred, leave no stump unturned outlook on life, welcome home. Hi. Hello there. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. How are you? Uh, Pretty awesome. (laughs) That didn't sound too convincing. Didn't it? Look, the sun is shining. My bum is pointing to the ground. What else is there? Well, this is true. It's a beautiful day outside. Yes. Although yeah. we've got we've it got is. some we've got some shitty weather coming for the weekend. Oh, don't tell me that. Oh, I know, I, which is interesting because I'm pushing a marathon on on Sunday. So um, and I'm pushing ten k's, but like, you know. Yeah. We, hey, but you can cope in the in the rain in a day chair. Try doing that in a race chair. Not quite so easy doing it, those hills. How is it that the pond <laughs> doesn't cope in wet weather? No, I don't cope in a race chair in in uh, going down big ass hills in that weather. <laughs> it's, it's not fun, ah! but <laughs> yeah, exactly carbon fiber and um, non grip gloves are not ideal, but there you go. I, I reckon I might hook my GoPro up to your chair just so I can, <laughs> you know, I can bear witness what, so, to... so you can catch me flying off the edge of the bridge? Yes, <laughs> yes. And ending up in the Brisbane River. Uh, I mean... I, I shouldn't speak because I had a stack this week. Yeah, you did. I had a stack this oh week God, again. <laughs> I got two stacks it, in like two I weeks. Know. But it, I have to say it's the funniest thing I have ever seen in my entire life. It was like a perfect dismount and land. It was like some kind of gymnastics professional. It was, I was just wonderful. Gonna, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I moonlight as a, a professional gymnast. Oh, know, so. yeah, of course, obviously. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you doing gymnastics in the gym. Yeah, ain't nobody want to say. You, you um, certainly replicate Tarzan well, that's all no, I'm saying. I can't even do that because I'm like deep. You know? You're t- too deep. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. We, speaking of, speaking of oh, well, I was going to say speaking of Tarzan, not really. We were zombies the other day. <laughs> we were zombies. That was, was that? that was fun. That was epic. Oh, we went and did a photo shoot in um, on Bribey Island, mm-hmm. which is an island just off, um, off, off Brisbane here. And... Oh my freaking god! How much fun was that? Oh, the funniest thing was yeah. what happened afterwards, though. So we had a um, special effects makeup artist come and do our makeup for us, dressed us up as zombies, yeah. which worked particularly well with your missing legs. I know how good <laughs> it was. It was like it was meant to be. It, it was, was my calling. You know? <laughs> it was fantastic fun. Yeah. But um, afterwards, we we you know desperately needed to rush to the toilet, and and as we were on an abandoned road, we were like, oh, okay, we'll pop to the shopping centre. <laughs> still made up and um this I'm, I'm sat by the disabled bathroom waiting for you and this woman's rushed up to me and she's like oh my god oh my god are you okay what's happened to you do you need help and i'm like i should have come up with some story because uh, that because that would explain the context we had like a fake you had like a, a bite wound on your neck. I did, like covered in blood. And I, and I had rotting flesh down the side of my face. And, and we, were, we were black. We were black as anything. You know. <laughs> it, was <laughs> Just, awesome. it was It was great fun. But I think I freaked that poor woman out. I, it, it was the one, <laughs> one time, it was the one time I actually was thinking it would be cool to be pulled over by the cops. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that would be funny. And I mean, we were an hour and a half, two hours from home. So, you know, there was every possibility the way I drive. But uh, Yeah, this is no, true. This really. is no I'm a good driver. Oh, you reckon? I haven't managed to kill us yet. <laughs> not quite. That's a good thing. <laughs> hey, should we get into things? Say hi to our wonderful guest here. Oh, cool. Can I hit the button? Go on, do it. Oh, I'm going to hit the button. The water cooler. Okay, so just to explain the water cooler. We're not just trying to make you go to the toilet, Rach. (laughs) The water cooler. The water cooler is our interview segment where we get amazing people in and uh, have a chat and, uh, yeah. And and the water cooler concept is, you know, we're all chatting around the water cooler in an office kind of thing. But every time we both hear that that intro, we want to go to the toilet. That's why we both... (laughs) Lucky I just went. Yeah, 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 I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to introduce you to Rachel Condos-Fields here. She is the CEO and founding director of the Wattle Nest PTY LTD, a first of its kind organization investing in athletes to build stronger healthier more inclusive communities she has 20 plus year career with an asx 50 listed entity holding executive positions and directorships across financial services sports entertainment and not-for-profit sectors she is the host of a tv series for the glory an athlete empowerment production sharing stories of strength and inspiration with the nation racial is a true connector Racial? Racial. Racial. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with that. <laughs> sure. Uh, now, we're cha- now we're changing right, the names no. of our guests. <laughs> hey, we're, we're trying to be inclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel is a true connector who is most passionate about driving positive social change where things just aren't right. I love that. How cool is it? That's very, Thank you. Very, That's very, a welcome. very impressive intro. Thank you. I feel I so like privileged that. to be here. Uh, look, uh, it's now two pair of legs and two and, and, no. and three cripples. Yeah. And three cri- I think three. I've stacked it just as many times <laughs> oh, as you cool. have. Oh, cool. All right. I love that. Yeah. It was an impressive effort. I, I got to admit, yeah, looking back on my on – my on your gymnastics. On I, gymnastics. I, honest to God, wish I had a video recording of that because it's honestly one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I've grabbed the back of your chair to try and save you when you've just, like – catapulted <laughs> it was the middle of southport so you know there's yeah. there's every chance that there was probably yeah, i actually somewhere. did the ceo wheelchair challenge last year oh, and did i you? have to say that those ramps were not made with people no. by people with a wheelchair because oh God, no. i went up pushing 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 mm. and you just start flipping backwards and i stacked it sideways yeah, yeah. it's it it's funny when you don't use a wheelchair you don't realize just how inaccessible accessible things can be yeah. sometimes i couldn't reach anything yeah. in the supermarket i wanted the salad <laughs> i ended up with yogurt just because i couldn't reach <laughs> <laughs> the, the stupidest thing about this was it was a little it was like where two parts of pavement join and it was a little crack in the about this big Tiniest which is crack. not something that i would come on stuck on but on this particular occasion um you know what i it stack is, it even when i'm in my shoes <laughs> i yeah. to the races the other week just asked my husband All i right. missed the pavement and fell straight to the ground and i hadn't been drinking oh yeah i hope your clothes are okay <laughs> they're a little ruined oh no, oh, no. heels are Gutted. a little wobbly but <laughs> <laughs> oh well have a few drinks you'll forget about it <laughs> do you have the questions oh Oh, no, I do on here. You have the questions. I know, I know. Usually you have it on your phone. That's why I got confused. I know, but you've actually brought your iPad this time, so. Go me. I know. 
Oh, excellent. So, <laughs> we, we have nap. got some questions prepared. You know, that's what we do. Prepare a few and just see where the conversation takes us. So, right. it'll be fun. So, to kick off, what was your inspiration behind starting the Waddle Nest? Was it through personal experience that you've had or people that you knew or...? Yes, yeah, so believe it or not, I always actually wanted to be an Olympian, but by the time I was 14, I realised I was never going to make it. I was a competitive swimmer and oh, was cool. um, grew up in a country town in Victoria and was getting gold medals every week, moved up to Brisbane and came second at the school competition and realised, okay, there's a dif- bit of a different competition <laughs> up here. <laughs> but no, I spent 20 years of my career in financial services and I've also done a lot of community work through some disadvantaged communities in Nepal. Mm-hmm. And through the two experiences combined, I naturally became a bit of a go-to point for some athletes that had been prematurely jumped from teams or ended up in a world of depression where they didn't really have a support network outside of sport Mm. and um, didn't really know how to write a CV or connect. And it was just through those interactions I started hearing more and more stories from um, elite athletes and started becoming quite aware that what many Australians think is a glamorous lifestyle funded by tax um, paying dollars is not the case. And um, I transitioned out of of corporate world into sports during COVID and um, decided at the end of my first year in professional sports, I was going to go hang up my boots and do something that could really make an an impact and kind of disrupt the funding model in in Australia and give Mm -hmm. some athletes a bit of a helping hand, but more importantly, a platform for them to share their stories Mm -hmm. and, um, bring community along the journey you know it's amazing we were we've we we're fortunate to uh know a, a runner um who's a um, trail runner and ultra marathon runner and um she's represented australia on numerous occasions at world mm-hmm. championships and all yeah. that sort of thing and um i was really surprised the whole thing was is self-funded, self-funded yeah. there's there's no funding there for for that sport whatsoever it's no, it's, it, it's unbelievable. Even yesterday I was with a lovely athlete, Sarah Blizzard. She's mm. um, transitioned from athletics into bobsleigh. Mm. Oh, cool. So you can imagine <laughs> the, funds, the lack yeah, of funds available we, and the awareness for we, our Winter Olympians. We know somebody else who's done exactly the same thing. Um, Desi, Desi, yeah. yeah, she's, yeah. Uh, she's gone from athletics to bobsleigh as well. It's um, it's it's yeah, it, it's crazy the, the, the complete lack of funding there is for so many different sports of people that are you know, representing this country and um, you know, representing their states at an elite level, mm. it's um, that there's you've got to have such a passion for sport to actually be able to stay in it. It's not like team sports where they're so often funded um, and, and you know they're playing paying players professionally. It it can be very very different and very difficult. So very difficult. And an organisation about the Wattle Nest is really important. It's not just difficult for them. There's a whole support network yeah. around them. Their parents, their family, yeah. their friends. They've all made so many sacrifices to make their dreams possible. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, only one in five hundred thousand make it. Yeah. Yeah. So the the problem we have in Australia is seventy percent of our talent drop out at the age of seventeen. Yeah. yeah wow. When they start thinking, oh, shivers, are mum and dad going to be in a position to support me? Am I going to make it? Do I go Mm -hmm. and get a real job? Can I afford to do this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hang on, just before you carry on, just take note of the time. Can you move your chair forward just a little bit because I can hear the sound dropping out every now and again? Perfect. I'm just going to write that down real quick. Yeah, sorry. I just, I can hear the... the, the Is this better? Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, it's all right. It's just when, um, when... the head's when moving. I'm talking, yeah. when I'm moving. So yep. it's it's fine at that, cool. being that close, but sometimes when you're further away. All right, cool. Got it? Yeah, we're All good. Right. Um, 
Yeah, because the other thing you touched on there, and and you know, we're, once again, we sort of know a, a couple of athletes who've been professional athletes their entire lives, and that's all they've ever known from, you know, school. Yeah, and that's all they've, and that's you know, the life that they were thrust into, and um, and you know, now they're in their you know their thirties or their forties, and and all that's by and the by and done. Um, they're retired from sport, but there's no support there. Like there's there's literally nothing there for them to 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 teach them other skills or you know you're um, so very right and mm. when you look at an athlete they're so confident sport is really really good for confidence building and, mm. and self-motivation but when you remove them from something they're comfortable with mm. you see that that confidence starts to disappear yeah. Yeah. and i i honestly believe that all of our athletes have transferable skills into the workforce and it's up to us to help them transfer those skills so that we can learn from them as much as they can learn from us. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we often see these days, um, you know, retired athletes going, they end up going into commentating and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, you're which, right. Which is great because, you know, they've obviously got the knowledge there as well. But there's not a job for everybody, yeah, is there? Exactly. So, very yeah, competitive. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So, you said, you know, you're a swimmer. and So, where does your passion, you, you picked sport as your, for the waddle nest and, you know, to support, where did that uh, that passion come from? Yeah, my passion is really around building stronger, healthier communities. And I've seen the ability sport has and that power sport has to connect everybody. When when you play sport, there are no barriers. You can bring people from all walks of life together. Oh. And I just love that. And I think there's nothing else that does that like sport. It's the it's, one it's true so connector. It it's is. so true. Universally, yeah. no yeah. matter yeah. what part of the world you go to, I've spent, I've been fortunate enough to visit many disadvantaged communities across the world and as soon as you bring out a soccer ball or a, a cricket yeah. ball, everyone from the villages come and flock and no yeah. matter, even if there's a language barrier or an age difference or, or cultural differences, sport just unites. Yeah, yeah. it's very, very Isn't true. It? Yeah, it's so true, so true. The Waddle Nest, how did you come up with the name? Yes, so it's a really good question. The truth is we were um, looking for a potential farm stay, homestay kind of lodge that yep. we couldn't afford and we had a naming <laughs> um, competition in the car and um, as a family we said, oh, if we did get it, we're going to call it the Waddle Nest. Then as I was dreaming of this platform to empower athletes and, and make some real social change, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go with the Waddle Nest. Waddle being gold and all of our athletes mm. are striving to be the best possible version of themselves on and off the field and getting that gold medal and um, Waddle being an Australian flower. Great. And yeah. Nest, I believe I'm nurturing talent and, mm. and, and helping Nest the next generation. So That's really cool. Yeah. I love that. I, l I love the concept behind that. What a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'd, I'd sort of been thinking about it and, yeah, and – yeah, I was sort of thinking along similar lines, but yeah. And, and do you know what? Do you know what I, I love about the name is it stands out. It, it's yeah. it's unusual um, and not necessarily something you'd automatically relate to what you're doing, but because of that, it, the difference in it makes it stand out above other things. I really That's like that. That's good to hear because it uh, is a little bit unique, a it, bit different. And, and some, it's not always the best thing, but I think in this, in this case, it actually works really well. And I, I love the... Um, to me, it kind of speaks to empowerment. So, which That's is, I've got to get exactly my dad to doing. stop saying the wattle tree. The wattle <laughs> tree. It's the wattle nest, everyone. Wattle <laughs> nest. I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone's dad would be. Hey, hey, look, my my dad. He calls my racing wheelchair a bike, and I'm like, Dad, I would not. I can't get on a bike. Trust <laughs> me, I, I, I'm not riding anywhere. <laughs> and that's after what? How long have I been in the sport? Five years now. Yeah, so, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
dads. Dads. Oh, dads. Yeah. oh yeah, we'll talk a bit about my dad later. <laughs> oh, can we? Oh, God. <laughs> so the wilderness has really taken on, you know, a life of its own. Have a chat. Talk to us about, you know, sort of numbers that you were originally thinking. Because I know we've had that a little bit of a conversation about, you know, what you started out thinking was going to be the case and, and to where it is now. What it's yeah. moved into. I'm yeah. absolutely blown away with the momentum and the acceleration it's had in such a short period of time. So initially my honest um, goal was to just step away from the workforce for mm-hmm. six months, set up this program where I could help 32 athletes leading into 2032, mm-hmm. feel like I've done something really good, be proud, make yeah. a difference and um, change the life of 32 athletes. It's only been six, seven months and I've now got 96 athletes. (laughs) um, Just a bit of an upgrade. And I don't think I'll be transitioning back to the workforce. I think this will be my my focus and really, really enjoying it. Really proud of the impact we've made and really, really delighted and blessed to have so many supportive partners and a big shout out to Horizon who took a risk in early days coming on as our major foundation partner. That's awesome. So uh, I just, I had a question in my head now and then and it's completely gone. That happens to that you. Just, <laughs> it happens to me constantly. I yeah. have like the memory of a goldfish. It's so <laughs> That's bad. All right. <laughs> C- carry on asking questions because it will come back to me. <laughs> the whole concept of, of what you're doing is is bloody fantastic. Oh, like thanks. it's so needed and what without being, you know, not being blunt, but what made you believe that you were the right person to to make this happen? Yeah. Aside from the fact that I'm sure it wasn't, it, I mean, it wasn't happening before anyway. No, I, I think, to be honest, it's one of its kind. It's unique and yeah. I, I, I'm very proud to be the first organisation in Australia to be doing anything like this. When I'm the type of person, if I see a challenge, I rise. And mm. if someone tells me something's not possible or that there's other funding models and mechanisms in place, I will go, do you know what, I'll prove you wrong and we mm-hmm. will make a change. So... I think um, the fact that I've got so many athletes in the program now and of those 96, I've probably proactively reached out to seven or eight and the rest have found me. I think that just proves that there's yes. something broken yeah. and yeah, something not 100%. working with the current mm-hmm. model and, and I'm just a bit of a, a, a challenge taker and I, I know that if I put my heart and mind to something, we will make a positive difference. That's yeah, really awesome. cool. So speak. this is what my question was. <laughs> oh, I remembered... S- Tell us a little bit about some of the challenges you've encountered with with getting the Wattle Nest up and running, and and you know and and with its continued development. Yeah, that's a really yeah. great question. I've learnt more in three months than I have in three years. It's, um, you know, sometimes you do learn from some of those mistakes. Hundred percent. I think um, the biggest challenge, well, the biggest opportunity is for the storytelling piece. Um, I feel like the more our athletes are celebrated and we share their successes yeah. and they meet people, the more Australian businesses are going to get behind the cause. Too many Australians just uh, think that all of our athletes are getting paid mm. a four hundred thousand yeah. dollars salary travelling oh, the world, nice, and it's just not it? the case <laughs> at all. And I think when they start building a personal relationship and connection with an athlete. Yeah. You really need to get the hearts and minds of, of the project working and rather than just faces on websites. It's yeah, very f- it sounds very familiar to the way we, we do things at, in a lot of ways, yeah, isn't it? You 100%. Know, about hearts and minds and, 100%. and really having that connection with people. And, yeah. and I think that's why we've identified a lot with what you're doing at the, mm. at the Wattleness because it very much speaks to what we do and um, with our organisation. Um, and, and for transparency's sake, I will mention here that I'm a Wattleness athlete and as I'm well. And I'm very so. proud to have you in the <laughs> Thank community. You. Yeah. Thank you. But look, we 
we just wanted to share your story and talk a little bit about what you're doing because it really is needed and warranted and um you know we want to get the message out you know that as much as i i'm i'm an athlete with the wattle nest i i want to do what i can to help everybody that's part of this program because it's such a shame that people just aren't getting the help and the support that they and need. And affordability just shouldn't be a barrier for yeah. sport. We all know the social benefits sport brings to society. We all know the impact of sport and reducing mental health issues mm. and, mm-hmm. you know, just that overall health piece and connectivity. We've got an ageing population that are starting to feel more and more isolated. We've got vulnerable youth that are taking the wrong pathways. Sport has the ability not to fix so it, true. but to help solve some of these issues yeah. and mitigate some of the society risks. So... Mm. I think it's a really, really opportune time. We've got really key milestone events coming to Australia with the Commonwealth Games in regional Victoria. Mm -hmm. We've got the Olympic and Paralympic Games here in Brisbane in 2032. So there's no better time for Australians to start investing in sports. So uh, have you found that there's been a lot of barriers to organisations building partnerships with, with athletes that you're involved with? I think um, it's. I've been pleasantly surprised with how well received it's been. Brilliant. I think I provide a bit of a solution where it's been tough for corporates to sponsor individual athletes mm-hmm. in the past. Where there's um, like who's doing the due diligence? How do I? How do we yeah. pick an athlete? Whereas the Waddle Nest gives them an opportunity to partner with the Waddle Nest, yep. where funds can help multiple individual athletes. Yeah. So it takes yeah. away that. Mm. complexity and which is fantastic which is amazing because i'll be honest I, like I've, I've been involved in sport for a very very long time and you know i discovered something yesterday that that kind of blew me away and we were talking about you know athletes and and stuff and funding and, and whatnot before um and i i discovered that you know funding can be provided for a particular sport but the overarching organization um, as is the case in, in our country, don't necessarily have to pass on that funding mm-hmm. to that sport. Mm-hmm. And you'll see, I'm, I'm glad that athletes are starting to have a voice because mm. I think in the past there was a bit of fear for them to say, oh gosh, we need money, we're not mm. getting looked after because they didn't want to lose their spot on the team, yeah. they didn't want to come across yeah. as being ungrateful and now you're hearing just um, some retired athletes share some of their stories and you've got people like me speaking on behalf of yeah. the athlete as yeah. well, which is giving them a voice. But you're seeing you'll see more and more articles in the newspaper lately that um, about paying to pay. A lot of our um, less celebrated sports have actually been told if you want to go to Paris, you're paying your own way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's you know it, it, we certainly in, in para sports encounter those kind of issues constantly. Um, you, you know, getting picked for teams, getting. Um, getting ourselves to competition it's 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 all self-funded and and there is it's it's hard for able-bodied athletes but in para sports i think it's even more difficult because there just really is a lack of um support and financial and awareness and, and yeah. awareness i, I think also yeah. with the para athletes a lot of people think that your wheelchairs and things are covered by ndis but yeah. they don't realize to get the top of the range racing yeah or yeah. you know high performance chair needed for particular sports that mm. that comes at another Thirty thousand mm. odd dollars out yeah. of pocket that is not exactly. that is not exactly. funded. So. It, it, and it's not, and and um, you know, 
coming from a person that had to pay for my own my own chair as well once you've paid for your chair you have no money left to actually compete so it's um and and people don't understand the the kind of costs involved in 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 running that kind of equipment the maintenance and the all the extra little bits and pieces that you have to provide for if you're a runner all you have to worry about is a pair of running shoes if you're a wheelchair racer you've got to run you know worry about your twenty thousand dollar chair and and they go missing i was with an (laughs) a swimmer the other day a para wheelchair player the other day who told me that in Dubai, her wheelchair just went missing. No one could yeah. find it. Yep. Yeah. And they met her at the airport with a wheelchair and said, oh, you can use this. But it was one you had to um, you had to have someone push around and yeah. she had no one with her and she's yeah, like, well, like, I can't oh, push yeah, it. So. it, it but it went missing, her $25,000 wheelchair. We were um, we were travelling in Japan. I went to Japan to do the Oita International Wheelchair Marathon last year, which was you know an incredible experience. But on the flight on the way there, somebody came up to us and said, "This w- we'd just done the transfer from the internal flight from the Gold Coast to Sydney. Si- Sydney yep. And we've just got on the plane to Japan. They've gone, look, we've lost some of your luggage, we think. And we're like, oh, okay, luggage, all right, cool, fair enough. They said, we'll get it to you in a couple of days. We're like, okay, cool. What luggage is it? Oh, your wheelchair. <laughs> One of your wheelchairs. We're yeah. like, uh, yeah, we can't actually move without a wheelchair. You do realise that is our legs, right? <laughs> it, but I yes, literally have none. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's just... It, but yes, it's something that's ha- that happens constantly. And I, I despise <laughs> travelling on a plane with my with my racing chair because I'm so incredibly nervous. I, I can't afford um, to get a, a container for my mm, chair, mm. so I, I just package it up in a cardboard box and quite often that box comes, you know, ripped to shreds. And when it's a full car, carbon fiber chair there is a lot of <laughs> nerves that comes with that but it's yes it is a constant concern for yeah. um, para athletes and people don't realize it's not just one trip a year we're talking about here mm. either oh, like no, to actually no, get the world ranking and the qualification mm. points there are multiple trips yeah. and multiple and, and, flights. and also in a country like australia the majority of things are overseas. You have to travel yeah. overseas to be able to um, be competitive on a world stage. And that, of course, comes with a lot of extra expense. Um, you know, if you're in Europe, it's quite easy to, and very, very cheap to travel around here. It's a lot different. And when you look at how well Australians are doing, despite on the, on the funding. Stage, oh, it's yeah. incredible. And then you look at the people that are getting the silvers and bronze up against us and they are fully funded. Imagine what we could do as a nation. 100%. If yeah. we had the funding and the support behind us, there's as a, as a country, there is so much pride behind our our sporting yeah. achievements, behind our athletes, both in 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 able body sports and para sports, and um, I. It's such a shame because that that we don't get more funding and more support. As I, th- I think that a lot of funding dies out as soon as you reach eighteen, when you become an adult, which is really really sad. I know that um, as a para athlete, there are so many grants available to the to the younger, you know, under twenties. But as soon as you reach that age, you're kind of thrown to the wolves a little bit, and uh, it's a shame because. There's so many athletes and and this country that's missing out on so many opportunities because of that and all the things that come along with that. All the um, you know on the, on a world stage, what Australia becomes um, as a pom as a, you know a person from the UK living in the UK. I remember looking at Sydney Olympics and just thinking, wow, Australia! They are the pinnacle of sport, putting on this incredible incredible games, winning all these medals, and just it's incredible. Especially 
especially given their tiny little population. And um, it, it makes me sad coming here and realizing that there's just not the support and the the, the financial aid behind it. And um, once again, why it's so important what you're doing with the wattle nest. So thank you. Just tell us a little bit of about how the wattle nest itself works, um, what you're hoping to achieve. Yeah, so I'm hoping to be able to provide some level of financial support to every athlete that comes into the community. And in order to be able to do that, I need corporate partnerships. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really proud to have provided financial support to 16 athletes, but that's 16 out of 96. So we've got a lot of work to do in order for Corporate Australia to play catch up. Mm-hmm. There's opportunities for um, businesses to come on board in mm-hmm. a partnership capacity, be part of an athlete's journey, um, you know, embrace team engagement, employee opportunities and things like that as well. We've also got an approved affiliation with the Australian Sports Foundation. So right. there's an opportunity for people to make donations that can be distributed through um, some of the funds that um, the Waddle Nest receives goes back into um, broadcasting opportunities so that we can help share the stories of these awesome. athletes as yeah. well and provide them a platform where they become a, a known brand. And, mm-hmm. and also we invest in networking events so that athletes have some corporate support or familiar faces around them for when when they are thinking about what might be next. Yeah, yeah awesome. Okay. So if businesses or, or people want to partner with the Wattle Nest, how, do they, how can they go about that? They can go to the website wattlenest.com.au for, for everyone watching the live now it should be up on your screen and will be posted on the YouTube um, live as well. Excellent. There you go like <laughs> this <laughs> and or you can email me directly at rachelcondos at wattlenest.com.au awesome. Excellent okay fantastic uh, where do you see the Wattle Nest in 10 years time? It's a million dollar question <laughs> and <laughs> it changes every time I have the conversation I um Watch this space. I honestly think that we're going to be Australia's largest support community for Excellent. for athletes. I think we're going to, um, you know, bring in a new funding model f- for Australia. And, yeah, I, I honestly Love think that. that this is tr- transforming the way we have done things in the past. Very, very disruptive, but at the same time very innovative and very, very well received from the athlete community. Yeah. And at the end of the day, my number one stakeholder group are, is the athlete community yep. mm-hmm. and I'm here to to work on models that work for them first and foremost. Yeah, wonderful. And, and I guess disruption is what's needed. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's, I was just going to say, yeah, it, it really it's is. It's so important and, and it's, <clears throat> it's going to be a fluid concept and keep changing because it's such yeah. a unique and, and new idea. And even if it's not the wattleness doing it, I know that what I've done has triggered the disruption. Yeah. Yep. So whether it's me or some someone else or a, a government organisation, I think the fact that we've had so much momentum, it's getting people to really look in the mirror and go, wow, mm-hmm. there is something wrong with mm. the way um, our athletes are incentivised and remunerated yeah. and it's time to do something about it. Yeah. I was going to say, when you, when you see how much an elite athlete who's aiming for the, for the Olympics or the Paralympics or World Championships or Commonwealth Games how much they train. It is a full-time job. Like Most of my athletes are training on average 36 hours a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah? Mm. Then they're struggling to hold casual part-time work because of their competition schedule. Yeah. They're going overseas, coming back, and someone else has gotten their job. And then a lot of them are studying on the side as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's tough. I'm going to use um, a young girl, Karina Haggerty, as an mm-hmm. example, and I'll throw a bit of a trivia quiz to you. 
Excellent. She is the world champion trampolinist in mini doubles. And I saw a video of you her. You saw a video. She's incredible. Yes, incredible. So she was in Bulgaria last year, came back with the gold medal. She's been training since she was a kid, relentlessly. It's the first time in her in her career she has got a scent from sport. Guess how much she won for winning the gold medal? World champion. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. It, I'm sure it wasn't a huge amount. No. Nah. Um, Give me a figure. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I've seen people win, you know, like a thousand dollars for something mm. like that, which yeah. which blows my mind. She won seven hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. So wow, I think, um, I think it's fair to say it probably covered the leotard, the cost of the leotard yeah. she competed in. Yeah. But a hundred percent of her journey has mm. been a hundred percent self funded, and that's just one example in the community. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now for her to qualify for the Paris Games, mm. I think it's eight or nine international events she's got to self fund in yeah. order to be eligible to qualify. It's just it's it, it really is crazy. Um, I, I mean I, I certainly know with the with the Olympics and the Paralympics they're now trying to look at pay parity between both. But in the competitions leading up to that, it's, uh, it, talking from my own personal experience, if you wanted to take part in say um, London Marathon for example or or any of the major marathons um until this year the able-bodied athletes were winning tens of thousands if or 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 certainly tens of thousands and thousands of dollars if they came in the top five athletes whereas the whereas the disabled athletes are coming away with a you know hundred two hundred three hundred dollars and our costs, I was say, are, costs are a hell lot of a lot more, hell of a lot more. Um, so there's just, there needs to be this, um, you know, parity between all I athletes and, and all sports because, yes, whilst I understand that a lot of it's to do with TV rights and, and advertising, all that kind of stuff, at the same time, if these smaller sports don't start to get um, funding coming in and recognition, then things are never going to build for everybody. Yep. My personal view is... And this is pretty controversial, but I think in Australia, if you are a professional athlete earning more than $250,000 a year, you should have a clause in your contract that puts $1,000, which is nothing in the scheme of it, aside, you pull that fund and that also goes to funding our elite sports. I love that. That's actually a really good idea. Um, Coming from a a sporting family, my dad was a professional soccer player in the UK and and I think that if if each of those guys who were earning millions and millions um, in the Premier League were to put some money by to help the grassroots level athletes and to help the emerging athletes and the developing athletes, things would be very, very different worldwide. Well, how about we take you, I'm going to organise this, we go into a change room for one of these professional sporting clubs, we share your story and then do an ask at the end and let's see who comes to the party. I'm I'm up for that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. 100%. (laughs) All right. So last couple of questions. Yes. What does inclusion mean to you? Yeah, I think inclusion means there's like when we talk about inclusion, I think we've failed at inclusion. Yeah. I just yeah. think it should be part of society where everyone feels welcome and safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah, um, I am guilty of it until I was oh, maybe five years ago. I had never really interacted with anyone with a disability, not by choice, they just, just were not yeah. in my circle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I think, and when there is that divide, and when you don't have the community you know, mixing, you're going to have a lot of people that are in those sh- in those shoes and you automatically have an unconscious bias. It's not, in t- yeah. 
not intentional. It's just that's um, just judgmental. something that's, that everybody has. And an example, I was blown away when I did the wheelchair challenge. I had people coming up praying for me. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I was like, I, I, oh, and it gave me a real reality, like a bit of a check-in on, on, yeah. on how yeah. the barriers in place and people's perception and they were yeah. all feeling sorry for me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is not really how I thought our, <laughs> our disabled community were treated. Yeah. And it was a bit of an eye-opener. Yeah. So I would like to see, you know, and I think we've come a long way. Yeah, I look hugely. at I look at my daughters and their friendship circles are so diverse and mixed. So they mm-hmm. bat an eyelid. It's just part yeah. of society. Yeah. So I do think we've come a long, long way. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. I think, and, and you're and you're right. What what you're saying about inclusion because the, there's still a need to talk about, about it, it because there's this lack of awareness and a lack of inclusion, not through people choosing to be that way but once again through unconscious bias and that's that's entirely why we do everything we do because we're just trying to show that disability is normal and it's part of life there's a bit of a fear as well from people that are trying to embrace inclusion they don't really know just to be normal yeah Yeah. they feel like they need to be politically correct or not offend and there's like a a little bit of awkwardness there and we need it just needs to be natural and comfortable but we've got a little bit of as i said the younger generation i think are doing it quite well but they are the older generation still don't really they feel like they need to be different it's true and and you don't we're we're just like anybody else yeah absolutely and um yeah i've once again forgotten what i was going to say but there you go would you (laughs) mind scrolling up on the uh, ipad there so also just going back to the wheelchair challenge i remember because we had to spend 24 hours in it and even though i had a sign on the back to say this is for charity and what it was um, I remember my husband wheeled me into the restaurant and no one would take my order. <laughs> they were all asking everybody else yes. what I was having. Uh, <laughs> and, and yes, it's it's um it's the constant bane of our lives. Well, I, yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah. yeah I, I go out with my wife and yeah, you know, they'll they'll talk to her. <laughs> and I'm like, Hi, Hi. I'm believe me, if you get me talking, I, I won't, won't stop. stop. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing is if he and I go out somewhere together, um, people will always talk to Adam before ah, me. Yeah. So, so if, if you're, yeah, if, if, if you're out with them, um, yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. There's some, some definitely some intersectionality there, but um, yeah, if you're out with Christy, then she always gets spoken to, but if we're together, I get ignored, yep. <laughs> which so is a different experience. Experience for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my That's God, why he takes you out so much. Because he wants to be spoken to. <laughs> oh, please talk you to think me. Of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember specifically, we I went with you. You needed a new computer screen. And we went to a local oh. large electronics store. Yes. Uh, who shall not be named. Because yeah. I'm not like that. <laughs> and, um, but you guys, if you're Australian, you know, know who we're who talking it is. about. And <laughs> you were asking the questions, but then he was turning to me to talk. The, the sales guy was talking to me. And I, I I called him out. I'm like, mate, don't talk to me. I know nothing about this stuff. It's all about her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, and I'm not backwards and coming forwards. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, I'm here. <laughs> talk to me here. <laughs> but yes, it's, um, it's incredible how often that happens. <laughs> cool. I think that's... I think I think that's everything. Oh, that's been so much fun, guys. There, I've really enjoyed it. Is there anything else that you want to say um, about what you're doing and, you know, about where your passion from this comes and, and why, why you so desperately want to do this? I just think we need to make change and if I don't do it, mm. no one else is going to do it. You yeah. need someone to be first and take that first step forward 100%. before others can Absolutely. follow. So it's risky, it's courageous, it's mm. brave, it could be silly and... 
and yeah, unsafe, but you, someone you never needs know to take when, it. Yeah, you never know unless you give it a go, and that's yeah, and that's exactly. the thing. Ch- challenges like this are, are important to f- in order for the world to move forward. So you know, awesome work. Awesome. Oh, thank you. You know, there's a, there's enough people that sit around and go oh, it would be really good if we could do this or really good if we could do that and nothing ever actually happens. Mm. So the fact that you're actually out there and, you know, putting it all online and and doing it is bloody fantastic. So Mm. kudos to you. Thank you so much. And it's just so wonderful to have so many supportive people around and the the work that you two are doing is absolutely mind-blowing. Thank you. And I feel honoured to have you in association with the Waddle Nest. So thank thank you. Thank you you for coming on today. My pleasure. And um, we'll catch up soon. Awesome. Thank you. It's been fun, guys. Thank you. Like two cripples using a beach towel to skydive, this could go anywhere. Welcome to the soapbox session. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I still think <laughs> I get I get such a vision in my head when I think of you know skydiving, <laughs> trying to skydive <laughs> with a beach towel. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's definitely an interesting vision, it, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I'm a visionary kind of guy. <laughs> yes, you and, are, and you know. All uh, what's the, you know I, I conjure up things in my head and yes you do th- yeah <laughs> Borat Borat and Mankini is definitely not one of them <laughs> squeezing <laughs> his balls tightly into a Mankini <laughs> oh, let's, let's not go with that <laughs> so soapbox session soapbox SBS I, this is a rant that I've had it's a rant you constantly have it and, is it's, and it's and ongoing it, and I can't believe we haven't spoken I about this yet. Know, and it kind of makes me feel old in a, a well, few that's ways. Well, because you kind of are. You're older than me. Yeah, I know, but I look younger, so. Whatever. <laughs> hey, your son constantly tells me that. <laughs> Tashi, you're young. Dad, you're old. You're old. Loser. That's, like, <laughs> you, you stop putting colour in your hair and let's see how... Who's, I, let's see who's greyer. I am not very grey. I'm very lucky. I've got my mum's jeans, luckily enough. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my dad's. <laughs> and your and your dad is is as white as a... He was very grey by yeah, the time he was my age. So. <laughs> Sorry, dad. So I'm, anyway, I'm we, di- we digress we again. We digress. <laughs> so something that's very, very close to my heart and I'm very passionate about is music. I think it is. The music, the world would be one fucked up place if we didn't have music. Yes. And, but there's just, there's, you turn on the radio or like we were today, you go into the gym, you turn on like a, you know, local radio station and there's just no originality anymore. No, that's kind of very true. So we, we, this, this, this topic of conversation today has come from the fact that we were in the gym this morning we were what there it was just a short Wednesday workout our Wednesdays are kind of a bit of a recovery session so we were there only there 40 minutes so the entire 40 minutes every single song they played was a sample or a remix of an old classic song you know and there was everything from like Bob Marley to even 90s dance music that had been remixed to rap music that had been remixed I enjoyed it all they were it was actually it was actually really good music but (laughs) where's the originality guys what what I love is that you sit around and you watch all the millennials and the or and you know all the the younger people yeah, bopping along thinking it's the best thing since last bread. And I'm like, mate, this song was like, <laughs> this song is twice as old as you are. <laughs> I tell you what's funniest is on um, on a day when we're on the athletics. What? Just stop picking your legs. I'm not picking my legs. I haven't got any. 
fucking legs. <laughs> Picking your stumps in. <laughs> Not. Um, it's the funniest thing is when we're at the athletics track training mm. and they 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 like their 90s gangster rap, don't they? Oh, it's uh, hilarious. Early 2000s, 90s gangster rap. The, is. <laughs> the best part is then, and because most of them are samples from, you know, new yes. music. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you and I be singing along or, you know, I'll bust out a bit of a rap and then they'll look at you and go, you're old as <laughs> shit. How, <laughs> How do you, you know, know this? this? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, what were we? What were we singing along to? The, oh, um, it was uh, Ice Ice Baby. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> everyone knows that's as old yeah, as shit. Yeah, but it's very very true. But um, yeah, that, that it just you know, and Ed Sheeran actually put it because we know Ed's recently been to court because yes he has he, he, um, he was accused of uh, plagiarizing music yeah mm. and and he basically said you know he, and he proved he, he actually played i believe he played in the court mm. the same court progression that was progression i was trying to speak that was <laughs> in like what prog- word is that <laughs> court progression chord <laughs> progression that's in his song and the song he was being accused of plagiarizing but then he also played like another 10 songs that were the exact same Chord progression, and he's like, as far as chords are concerned, there's not finite number. There's, there's not, None. there's not infinite numbers of of chords None. that you can play. There's, there's only like eight or something, isn't there? It's yeah, not. Right. It's, it really isn't many. So at some point, you're going to come across something that, in some way, resembles mm-hmm. another song. Yeah. Um, whether it's a you know whether it's a rip off or not is a is it's a whole other thing altogether. But thankfully, he he won that case because you know I I I for one consider him a, an ex, a supremely talented. Oh, he's musician. incredible! You should go see him live play. You, <laughs> well, I know exactly what you're about to say. Don't make then. me pull out a hurdle. <laughs> yeah, you suck. I know. I know. It. Well, yeah, I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> you went and saw Ed without me. I did. Well, hey, I went and saw him without you because I didn't actually know you then. That's not a fucking excuse, <laughs> Natasha. That is not can an I, excuse. Can I just say he is one incredibly talented dude? Uh, just you hate me, don't you? Yeah, I kind of do right now. So <laughs> yeah. l- we we best move on, I think. Yes. But um, yeah, <clears throat> originality. It's just something that we seem to be. And probably for, you know, a good 10 years or so, I think we just seem to. Yeah, it's been, it's definitely been an ongoing thing for quite some time now. Um, It just seems to, we lack it. Just a a huge lack of new music with, with new ideas. And even, even, you know how like fashions come back around. Have you noticed that when like the clothing fashion is the 90s or the clothing fashion is the 80s or whatever, Mm -hmm. the music actually starts to sound like that era as well oh absolutely so like yeah. uh, so much of our, our current music mm. sounds like 90s music yeah. and our fashion is very 90s at the moment your so. fashions always stay the same because the stuff that you could fit into when you're three you could still fit into <laughs> yeah. I, actually i just read a post on facebook a memory that i wrote um like five years ago and i was really excited because i tried on um an outfit that i'd worn on my 18 at my 18th birthday party and it still fit and i c- and i can confirm that it still fits right now <laughs> and i've you're, worn it a couple of you're times the, you're the only 40 something year old woman that i know that can go to a department store to buy clothes and go straight to the kids section. I do. And I do. Do you know what? It's bloody cheaper doing it that way. I can I can buy 14-year-old clothes and they fit perfectly. So why the fuck shouldn't I? Exactly. <laughs> well, I, I go to formal events and wear shorts. 
Oh, yeah, this is true. You save yourself on material there. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. <laughs> well, it's cheaper than buying long pants that are useless to you. Yes. Anyway, that anyway. that's that's anyway that's, that's your that's soapbox. your soapbox for today. Just get some get some original ideas, kids, people. <laughs> kids, listen to the music. Check out the music you're listening to, and then you probably find about twenty five thirty years ago it it was out. Previously, so it's not original. <laughs> yep. Sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> All right. Shall we go to... Let's go to Moron of the Day. Yeah, let's go to Moron of the Day. Oh, you want to go to... Th- yeah, Moron? Kindness Virus. Kindness Virus. Let's do Kindness uh, Virus. Okay. The Kindness Virus. That was like Ooh. us the other day, like the, the zombies and stuff. I we'll, know. We'll po- I'll post some... Photos on our <laughs> socials a bit I, later. I'm on. going to use one of the photos from the zombie, um, mm. so long as Mr. Burles, Luke Burles, who took the photos, allows us to, because for our um, social media for the Two Cripples, One Pair of Legs podcast, because yeah. it's fucking genius. It is pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, kindness virus today. Yes. Um, I'm actually going to talk about something and surprise you a little bit here. Cause oh, shit. Yeah. No, well, there's, <laughs> I know that you had plans to talk about something completely different here. I did, here. but you're throwing me a curveball. What I are you am doing throwing you a curveball here. So. What are you doing? I'm, <laughs> I'm going to make you the subject of the kindness virus today. Oh, what? <laughs> you're like, shit, what have I done? Uh, all right. <laughs> so. I'm going to tell everyone a little story about a friend in need that you have helped in the past couple of days. Yeah. Do you know where I'm going with this now? I do. Yeah. So you have got a friend who you've known for a very long time, yep. but you know you, you haven't seen in, in, and also haven't seen for a very, like, yeah, very, exactly. very long yeah. time. And We've kept in touch. You've kept in touch, but just on Facebook and, and stuff, yeah? Yeah, so, yeah, 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 mostly. And... Um, You've spoken to him recently and found out that he is in dire trouble. He's he's not doing all that not well. Not doing very yeah. well. Poor guy has got, you know, a few problems, some stuff going on in the background and has recently found himself having to sleep on the streets. Yep. Yeah, so he's um he it and most people will know that across um Australia right now, certainly in the you know the seven half of the country, it's bloody cold at night. Yeah, it, it is. It's, yeah. it's been it's it's been a very very cold end to autumn and and start to winter, mm-hmm. and um so you found out last night that mm. he was sleeping rough. Yeah. Yeah. And um, this morning we were mm. just happily talking away <laughs> and, and you were telling me that you'd actually paid for him to have some accommodation for the night. Yeah, I got him a room last night because I thought, you know, if he, he's the sort of guy that if he was in, if, if, if the situation was reversed... He, he would do the absolutely do the same thing for me mm-hmm. and uh, I mean it's not even that it was you know um, we've we've known each other a very 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 long time he's he's probably my one of my longest friends longest term friends I guess the longest say. serving Lo- friends. longest <laughs> serving or bastard <laughs> and um yeah and you know I just think I, I I was in a position to to help him out a little bit yeah um, and it meant that he got a good night's sleep and in a warm place, and that yeah, um, wasn't. And we we hear this morning that it's a good job because apparently it absolutely pissed it. Apparently down it was there. pissing down rain where he was. Yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, I just 
I was in a, like I say, I was you know I was fortunate. I'm I'm in a position that I could I could help him out a little bit, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I did. Yeah, so. look, I and and I think that's wonderful because you're practicing what you preach. Yeah, at, at the end of the day, we like both of us are, are very much of the opinion that if you're in a position to help someone, you you do what you can to help them. Yeah. And um, I I know you were reluctant to tell me uh, about having done that. Yeah, and and bit. yeah, <laughs> and and I you know you're a humble kind of guy and you tend to not like shout things like this from the rooftops which is why I was going to jump in and do this today but and that's why I'm so proud to know you and that's oh, you know, you. and and because you're you're a good person and and there are there are lots of people in this world that will not put their hands in their yeah. pockets and not and and will say they will do stuff to help but yeah. you know don't go out of their way to mm. actually try and make that difference and and I think it's um it, it's it's just kudos to you for for doing that and i and i really really hope that it helped him yeah and that he's um he's able to get back on his feet yeah me um, too me too it, yeah, it's just yeah. a, it's a shit situation for anyone to be in yeah it is it's um you know we no matter who we are and you know what our background is and what our upbringing is and you know we all fall on hard times we do um you know and at some point we all need to you know need to find the people around us and, and the people we can rely on. And, um, you know, I'm just, like I said, I'm thankful that, you know, I was in a, in a position to be able to help him out. And, um, you know, it's, it's not something that, you know, I could, I could throw him thousands of dollars mm-hmm. to, to help him out or whatever, but, you know, for one night, um, he needed somewhere warm and, yep. you know, and dry. And I was, I was able to, yeah. to do that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he's very grateful. So saying I, I, um, uh, a verse that I absolutely—it's a saying that I absolutely love, and it's um, it's build it better to build a longer table than a tall offense. Yeah, and um, it's very true. yeah, I I I like to think I I live my life by that. Yeah, uh, where do. I can, <laughs> you do. And whilst I constantly give you a hard time because it's so much fun. Yeah, yeah, you do I, give me uh, a lot of shit. And I actually think you're a really good human. So oh, thanks. I don't say nice things about All you right. very well, often. So just make sure you record this and keep well, it the for good posterity. News, <laughs> the good news is that it's on the Facebook. Like Live uh, <laughs> and it's being recorded, so yep. uh, I'll uh, I'll get Ruby, our amazing producer, to <laughs> to, uh, to record that and then keep re- keep replaying yeah, it to me to maybe, maybe to remind th- me that I actually said something nice about you. Yeah, yeah, we've got a few of those now, actually. But <laughs> oh, I know. Hang on, when when's the nice shit coming about me? Where's my? I praise? say plenty of nice shit about <laughs> oh, you. Oh, you reckon? But maybe maybe we'll get to put it on a button. I think. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Not <laughs> okay. Uh okay, so more on the day. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Good job, dude. Good, oh, thanks. Good job, young fella. Ah, uh, cheers. <laughs> oh, old bastard. Yeah. Old <laughs> <laughs> back, back to it. <laughs> yeah, back to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, more on of the day. I hit the button. It's the moron of the day. What? <laughs> I'm worried. I'm I, I worried know, about was, where this is yeah, going. No, no. I was going to make you the subject of moron of the day, but um, but you've just said nice shit about. I me. know, <laughs> but actually, you ended up fully admitting what I was going to call you a moron for at the start of yeah, the show. 
your um your your wonderful gymnastics um fuel it was pretty impressive <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> oh it was like you, you're going down the, like a very very slight ramp and when i say a slight ramp i mean yeah. like two degrees or something and you have literally launched yourself out of your chair and it was just i really expected you to do a somersault or something in the middle because it was just that um, pris- yeah it was just yeah, that yeah. pristine and perfect mm-hmm. um still moronic because you know it was in the middle of a road so it was my new chair and my six inch <laughs> front cast wheels that yeah I'm not, not you're a bit shit with those yet. at the moment aren't you yeah I am. <laughs> I like. yeah I've, I've had smaller front wheels for a while so i'm kind of used to it but i still mm. manage to keep doing yeah still keep managing to keep i'm gonna myself. i've got to push a 10k race on the weekend <laughs> imagine how many times i'm gonna ask it on that oh uh, can can you put a gopro on so that i can watch i am your... all over putting a gopro on this i was i was actually thinking yes that. yeah you should yeah. like because I, I won't be able to record you might you might see me like whiz past you at some point <coughs> yeah bye-bye yep. see ya <laughs> yeah well Excellent. you know because i'm going 42 k's and you're just doing 10 you lazy bugger but i'm pushing it in my day chair yeah so it's actually easier in your and day I, chair and i'm and i'm the has been you're the current no you're you're a you're has a been. re-emerging i'm a never was no no you're probably a, <laughs> That's not true. Who's the Australian record holder here? Come on. You. No, no, no I'm not Australian. Not yet. Queensland. <laughs> Queensland, yes. Yeah, it's, it's me. Yes, it's you. So sh- anyway, uh, anyway. <laughs> more on of the day. <laughs> I get more on of the day. So, so you know, I said I, I was going to talk about my dad later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to talk about my dad now. Excellent. Christopher, you're going to be more on of the day. Hello, Christopher. <laughs> okay, you're bloody weird. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... Let me tell you a little story. I don't know about you either. My (sighs) goodness. Okay. Let me tell you a little bit of a story. So this is something my mum and dad were freely admitting to the other day because they thought it was so funny too. Dad's dad's driving down the road up to a set of traffic lights um, not far from where we live and some person has sped up some person has sped up and pulled in front of him and very very close almost causing an accident up to the set of lights as they've turned red and he's obviously trying to get over the red light in in time and you know dad's kind of like oh for fuck's sake you fucking moron you you know my dad's not one for holding back (laughs) with the language (laughs) you can probably tell where i get my mouth from (laughs) and um anyway so this this car has pulled up another car has pulled up next to him at the set of lights and dad's kind of like you know arms flailing all over the place oh my fucking god i can't believe this moron he almost killed us mum sat in the passenger seat next to him and he's kind of looked over to the woman who sat in the car next to him going you know oh my god i can't believe it now I'm sure he was tr- he was actually trying to do it in solidarity with this woman. Like, <laughs> oh, oh no. my god, this, I can see this, where this is going. <laughs> oh my god, this moron in front! What an idiot! But what's actually happened is the is the woman in the car next to him because Dad has been so animated and and flowery <laughs> with his with his language <laughs> has kind of looked at my dad and given him the middle finger. <laughs> She's clearly thought that my dad's having a go at her. Oh, that's and brilliant. <laughs> so, yes, dad, 
I love you very, very much. <laughs> but you as a I'll record that too. Uh, he, he doesn't hear that often either. <laughs> he um he you probably need to be a little less animated with your uh aggressive <laughs> language when talking <laughs> about other people in case women in the cars next to you think that you're aiming it at them <laughs> so yeah, apparently she's so she's sped off the whole time giving him the middle finger oh, as she's going down the road and uh, my mum and him are just like wetting themselves <laughs> because it's kind of hilarious but does, does your dad watch the podcast listen to the podcast? uh yeah he does so he'll hear this excellent, <laughs> excellent. so dad you're a moron just saying Oh, good job, Chris. I think it's awesome. <laughs> I actually think it's really, really funny and it's given us good podcast fodder. But yeah, I, <laughs> I, you can just see my dad now, can't you? Oh, look, he, I've he been does in get... the car with your dad and, and he's he's brilliant. It's fun to be in the car with your dad. Like, yes, it is. It's, it's a little bit scary too. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, dad, just um, <laughs> maybe try to tone it down a bit. It's, it's nice. I, I like it because... I'm not the one that has to drive for once. So true that. And it's usually you that's getting irate in a car. So I, I, have to, I have to put up with it from you and my dad. I don't get irate in the car. Oh, really? Says Mr. Carmen collected that until you get into the driver's seat. You are like a different human. Are you like it when you're in the passenger seat as well? No. No, it's just when you're driving. No. When I'm in the passenger seat, there's somebody else's shit to deal <laughs> somebody with. Somebody else. You, you're like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Mind uh, you, you don't get that chance often, do you? No, I don't. I, I drive a lot. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Well, you, you drive me up the fucking wall. That's what you do. <laughs> well, nobody else will. Yeah, well, it's not will. I would very much like to, but... Um, <laughs> nobody <laughs> nobody there, wants me and my... Um, nobody my that wants in, that. ...inability to see shit on the road. We've seen the accidents I've had in my race chair, let alone <laughs> in a car. My God. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, uh, where, are we, where, where are we going after this? Social media takedown. Ah. Oh, oh, do yeah. it then. Yeah, all right. Do I'm gonna, it. I'm going to do it. I actually want to know who did that recording of that. Ah. Yeah. yeah. I, rec- I reckon it was Zig. I reckon it was Ziggy. You reckon? Yeah. I reckon it was Ziggy. Mm. We'll have to find uh, out. Yeah. I can see. I can see Ziggy. Doing Ziggy's that. in another part of the production team here. He's talking to. Oh, he's yeah. looking at us now. He can yeah. hear us. Uh. <laughs> 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 uh, I reckon he could have that nice, deep, gravelly voice. <laughs> 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 What was that? <laughs> I don't know. It's me. Oh. It's me taking on my zombie vibe again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So today's social media takedown. We're going to look at. Um, we're going to talk about a Facebook page that I am a member of and I absolutely <laughs> love because you know you come up with all the great Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? To be so member, it's member. called people incorrectly correcting people, <laughs> it, and uh, it's and it's fantastic. And the, the the reason I love it so much is because I am a grammar Nazi and I'm so I'm so willing to admit that I am terrible. Um, and but this um, yeah, this this group it's just people constantly calling out other people's shit so i i i, I was gonna grab an example of some of the posts today but anyway it, we'll on my it phone up, we'll and my phone's doing the recording so i can't we'll do put that. it up on the page yeah. but or anyway we, we will yeah. but um it, it's it's just basically a page where people post 
screenshots have been taken of posts or memes or whatever and somebody's made a correction of that person's original post and it was wrong and, and it was wrong that's brilliant and what but what i love about it is all the arguments <laughs> that stem from it <laughs> like oh my god you some of these posts there can be like hundreds upon hundreds and hundreds of comments from people just arguing the toss now what I find most interesting about this stuff is like how it spawns freaking keyboard warriors. Oh, and, yeah. Oh my it doesn't take much, God, though. It doesn't take much, hey? Like, it, it, a group like this is really good because everybody's about just, you know, everybody's there for one reason. To, to take the piss. take the piss. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, so often, so often it's somebody getting on their high horse and they just, they have got it completely yeah. wrong. Like, how often does that really happen? Like, how, how often on socials does somebody try to, you know, force their opinion on you that's yeah. entirely incorrect? Yeah. And you're like, oh my god, you've got no fucking clue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just. It's like any time I write something on a text message and send it to you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I write. I'm back with an asterisk, and that's spelt wrong, and that's said wrong. <laughs> I sound terrible, uh, but your, I do it. Sister, I do it to wind you up. I do. Your to sister wind you is up. exactly the same. Yeah, I know. And, we, yeah, and we, probably we worse <laughs> in some ways. <laughs> but well, but yeah, we do we do it to wind you up oh, because I know. it's. Because it's funny. <laughs> I know. That's why I never comment on the group chat that we all have. Because, <laughs> you know, one, and I, you know, I like. Because you know that when you do, it's going to get corrected. I love writing. <laughs> writing is my jam. And yes. I, you and, know, and you're a great writer. Thank you, you. are. I, I love it. But if I, if I write something, send it to either one of you guys or to both of you or something. And if there's, and because I hit send and then realise I've cocked something <laughs> up. I'm like, oh, shit. I hope they don't see then. Of course you always do. Of course do, you cause, do. Because yeah. <laughs> we both like the whole editing thing. Yeah. <laughs> it just, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little bit unique and special. <laughs> in that. <laughs> unique and special is the nice way to put it. Yeah, let, let, let's go with unique and hey, special. we say lots of shit about me on here. I sound like a terrible person. You get me shit all the time. <laughs> yeah, but... I say nice things about you too, yeah, occasionally. You I say nice things about you. Come sometimes. on then, say something nice. What you what you got to say? Uh, I'm glad you don't drive. <laughs> <laughs> I can drive. Uh, nobody not, wants not that. Not legally anymore, I but know, I can drive. You, every time I say that, you're like, but I can drive. I'm like, there is not a person no. alive that wants that, Natasha. No, no. There is I'm, not. We both, we both know that somebody's going to get deaded. No. And you... and. When you're in the passenger seat beside me, you do enough driving for the both of us. <laughs> Fucking drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah, well, if only you didn't drive so close to people in front wheel, I wouldn't need to say anything then, would I, huh? I'll give you one of my skateboards and you can skate everywhere. <laughs> that How's actually, that? That actually sounds fun. I'd be good with that. You've got an electric skateboard. And no, you're, not, so having much the, you're not having a lucky one. That's mine. Oh, well, that's boring. No. I'll, can I Can I? I'll give you Fletcher's little... <laughs> that can't even fit my ass on. <laughs> I know. Good luck with that. <laughs> Maybe I'll just, like, hook myself up to the back of the car and hold on tight and hope, hope for the best. Sold. I reckon what would happen, though, is I'd go over a tiny little rock or stone and <laughs> it just And then you'd me. go flying yes. and you'd be Superman move. No, hang on. Let's... That's the Nokia. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Nokia ringtone. That's that. 
<laughs> I'm not actually sure what it was, but I don't think it was Nokia. Was that? No. Is that oh, I can't remember. Freaking Mario Brothers or something ridiculous. There used to be this English skit, and you might know it, and it was a dude that used to carry around, and the skit was just him with his giant mobile phone. And... Uh, and he used to carry this giant mobile. Yeah, it was um, Dom Jolly. Was um, that? Yeah, yeah. yeah um, and he'd be like, "Hello, I'm in the library." No, it's rubbish. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. It's um, oh, I forgot. Uh, oh, phone jacker. Was that? Yeah, phone yeah. jacker. Yeah, that was awesome. that's some funny shit. That is that's some, some funny shit. I haven't seen that in donkeys yet. That's old, hey. Oh, I'm old. That's like beginning of two thousands. Got maybe even before. Yeah, but probably beginning of two thousands. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe not before that because there wasn't really mobile phones then. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was probably, yeah, early, very early 2000s, yeah, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway. Anyway, anyway. Uh, have we solved? Yeah, have we've we? So, we solved the world's problems. We didn't really, uh, yeah. Thank you, Rachel, for joining us. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Rachel, for joining that us. That was such a, a cool interview. She's it was amazing. really insightful. And, you know, I as much as, I, you know, I, I said here that I'm a walking nest athlete, the reason we wanted to get her on yeah. is because she is trying to make a difference to a lot of people. And um, I, I think that uh, without building support for, for athletes and sports in this country, there's 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 really a lack of opportunities yeah. for, for kids at a grassroots level yeah. going forward. We need to build the top levels as mm-hmm. much as the grassroots levels. And by building at the top, we're also building from the bottom. So It blows yeah. my mind that we can have, you know, take NRL as an example. Mm-hmm. NRL players that are on, you know, million-dollar contracts, couple of million-dollar contracts. And then you've got other athletes who are representing our country in other sports. Yeah who are getting no funding at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, we personally know from an athletics Mm. standpoint that we know people that are, you know, uh, representing in triple jump and and other of the smaller sports that Mm. are entirely self-funded, you know, heading off to, and and they are gold medalists for our country and heading off to huge, huge, huge competitions that are having to find the Mm -hmm. the funding for these things. Um, And, and, what we're actually finding, certainly with athletics, is with um, with the bigger competitions, the the um, our Australian sporting body is actually setting the qualifi- qualification standards so ridiculously yeah. high because they can't fund anyone. Mm, yeah. Um. To, and it's like you know, in stopping athletes from being able to compete for our country, people that are not getting the opportunity yep. to compete at an international level, so not getting the chance to become medalists. Yep. And it just, it, it becomes a, a spiral and it, it and it's it's a real shame. Like, it's a real like, shame. Like Rachel was saying before, you know, athletes are getting to the point where they're, you know, they're 17 years old, they're, mm-hmm. in, they're in their prime and, you know, they're, they're ready for big things to start happening. Yeah. But they, there's just no, they can't, continue on because yeah. there's no money there and and i think it's it, it can uh, it can often be hard for people to understand why they should be investing in athletes and athletics yeah. and, and you know in any kind of sport really but mm. it's because of the level of you know not just 
physical fitness it, it offers to people, but community yeah. of empowerment to the general public, but the health benefits. There are so many things that our athletes and our sporting bodies are actually, um, you know, supporting and helping the, the general population overall. Even even with regards to tourism dollars, yeah, there's yeah, so ma- so many reasons for um, <clears throat> for sport to be and athletes to be invested in, but yeah. it's just it's it's not happening, and mm-hmm. that needs to change um, yeah. because of the the effects for the community as a whole yeah. is, is, is you know very very important i agree yeah. i agree anyway anyway that's uh that's us today i gotta, I gotta bail because i got school pickup today and yep. And I've got to be there at three o'clock. Yeah, absolutely. So on next week's podcast, we have a wonderful lady by the name of Julie who um, who is coming to join us. Yes. So that's going to be really exciting. Julie has been on an incredible cancer journey and um, has also um, a bodybuilding champion. So um, we can't wait to speak to her. And Mm -hmm. so yeah, and. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, if you like have, and subscribe, yeah, people. like and subscribe, follow and us on socials, please. Yeah, two cripples, one pair of legs podcast. You know where we are. Yep. Catch you next time. Peace. Bye. Well, that's a wrap for this week's episode of Two Cripples, One Pair of Legs. As always, we'd like to thank our studio guests for joining us, and of course, to the legends at Podfire for making all of this come to life. If you like what you've heard or even if we've offended the shit out of you but you still want to hear more, make sure you hit the subscribe button and also check out our Insta page, twocrips.oneparoflegs, and you'll be the first to know when a new episode drops.